En Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, Fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá, sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble, luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be, visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Imagine you're running down the street. Buildings are on fire. You hear explosions, and everyone is running around you. You have no idea where to go or what is happening. Another one ran in on J Street in downtown Brooklyn. Oh my God, Washington DC got hit. The Pentagon's hit. And he was just running off with it. He was like, the White House is hit. The monuments are hit. And you, you know, like it was that kind of thing. Welcome to another episode of In Our Words. I'm your host, Ambra Gutierrez, and today we wanted to honor the memory of those who lost their lives 17 years ago in September 2001. September just ended, and we didn't want to let it pass without remembering the month that changed the history of humanity forever in 2001. It is because of this day that today we have someone that was just riding the subway next to the Twin Towers on her way to another high school day at a time of the attack. I'm honored to introduce you to Mary Bailey. Welcome, Mary. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for having me here. I, um, I'm humbled for you to say so because uh, just something that I went through that day, um, if, if it can resonate with anyone else, if, if anyone can get any sort of uh, be able to relate to it in any way to make them feel like, oh, okay, I'm not going crazy over it, to, to just know what we all collectively went through that day. We all have our story. What happened that day? Like, at first, um, a lot of people thought it was like a bomb. That, right. So you know. um, I couldn't even wrap my head around what I was first hearing. I didn't even have to end up in Manhattan. I was traveling on my way. I commuted to high school from Queens to the city. So I was on my way listening to my Walkman, because it's 2001, and I'm listening to the radio. The morning show's going, oh, um, a plane just hit the Twin Towers, and I don't even think they could believe it. They were speculating, was, were, you know, did the plane, um, was there like a pilot error? Is it, you know, just an accident? Is it something like, like a mechanical thing? No, I heard it's terrorists. No, whatever. And I'm like, wow, this prank show is stupid. I, I don't get it. Whatever. I switched the channel. So... I, I, I couldn't even wrap my head. I don't even think the people reporting it at the time could wrap their head around what was happening. So there, there was definitely like a, this initial disbelief or skepticism right over my head. It wasn't until, uh, you know, I'm on the subway after that. People are running in here and there in between stops going, we're under attack, we're under attack. Even then, I'm like, 
wow, he must have listened to that stupid morning show prank thing. Wow, what a gullible, crazy fellow. <laughs> Whatever. So still, disbelief. It wasn't until the train was going under Chamber Street and all the lights are out and it's kind of dusty and the conductor's like, we're going to be skipping this stop. So if anyone needed to get off here, yeah, we're not going to be stopping here. I think that's when everyone on the train just, um, all our jaws just kind of dropped and we were like, uh-oh, we're, we're in trouble now. Then when you understood that that happened, mm -hmm. like your reaction what was the first thing you thought and you did? I, I felt I, I'm alone. I'm, I'm scared and I'm alone and I don't know what to do. Um, all of a sudden now, all these things that were just going over my head. Okay, I just passed under a building that's on fire, like right above me. So the A train runs right under the Twin Towers, right? Oh my God, that could have... It could have fallen on me. They're talking about it's on fire. Like, oh, what, what's going to happen? Are they going to, they're, they're hitting buildings. Are they going to hit the train? Is, is something going to flood right now? Is something going to go on fire right now? Are the lights going to go off on this train? Is it about to get pitch black? Oh, I was scared. So on 42nd, then... Um, when we got to 42nd Street, the conductor said, this, uh, everyone, please get off the train. Um, there will be no connecting trains. So if you're looking to switch somewhere else, uh, you can't. Um, all trains will be cut off in and out of the city. Just everyone evacuate. And I, I, I remember just following this herd out. Nobody's pushing. Nobody's shoving. It's not like a mob panic or anything. We flood out. We all go outside. It was a nice day. It was a really nice day. Sunny and warm. I, it was a beautiful day. We're, we're all standing still in like, like picture the way like a crowd looks at a concert, right? Like just in front of the stage, just where, that where kind you? of crowd. In, uh, okay. Facing the screen, if I'm facing this big screen, if I look to the right, that would be looking south, like to the right of me would be like where that cup of noodles was. And that would be looking south towards Broadway. So kind of where 7th and Broadway kind of merge. So, so that's that Times time, Square. that real, real, real center of Times Square area where all the huge billboards, um, where they show the stock thing like everything the, the cup of noodles was to the right that's what I remember and um there's this big massive screen that's playing a like a live feed I I guess I don't know what news channel it would have been playing but it was a live feed just with the cameras focused on the towers that are really really on fire and you look look to the right look towards the cup of noodles you're looking south you see the big black plumes of smoke so it looks kind of far but it really doesn't look that far because it's really only like what like a mile and a half away like no no more than two miles south it's not far and just the massive massive smoke it's everyone was quiet but picture like this big like coachella crowd looking type thing but just of quiet people staring at the screen and just going like back and forth like that and just silently we're looking on the screen as uh as it falls down oh my gosh they are um you would see also before it came down you would see like the the blankets that people are waving the ones that are in the building 
you know? So sometimes, uh, sometimes it would be more zoomed in than others. You would see, you'd see the people waving. And you see later in the documentaries, the people that were jumping, right? So I think everyone was just kind of hypnotized and going like, who cares where we are? It was almost like we were right next to like looking on the screen but we knew we were like so close to those people that are on fire so as we're all sort of processing that moment but not really processing that moment like just kind of somewhere in between as we're trying to let that sink in and just hypnotized by this screen we're watching the screen it's starting to crumble from the top it's starting to come down and there and we all everyone's head just spins to the right and we spin to the right to the cup of noodles and we see it oh we see it mushrooming now we see like the black smoke it's just it's mushrooming billowing up and we just people there were people crying there were people sobbing there were people just staring there there was just this mourning going on and I don't I think in that moment the, 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 it was for a moment time stood still and we watched that fall down and then I I, I don't I, I, I don't really have that much track of time at some point some point after that I snapped out of it and I said what's next then all of a sudden it it started creeping in like that whole I'm in the middle of a I'm in the middle of this endless crowd now I started to feel like really claustrophobic now I started to feel like okay if if something happens now I'm gonna be like one of those people helpless and stuck and, and then I just felt stuck now I'm in Times Square I'm stuck okay I gotta I, I have to get out of here so you realize it wasn't an accident but was an attack yes um by then People were already saying it was an attack. People ugh, people all over that day were blasting their car. If people had cars around, their car stereo would be turned up playing the radio. So everyone was blasting car radios, and that's how we would hear. But at the TV or at the radio? They were already saying, they it, were was saying it was an attack. In the beginning, it was they were questioning They were, whether it was like a mechanical error or a drunk pilot, you know, something like that. You know, they, who, who can imagine? Like, by the time that I was looking at the screen, both the buildings were already hit. Okay. So um, they, both of them were already hit. It was while I was traveling, when I was still in Queens, the first plane was hit. By the time I was traveling in the subway through Brooklyn on the train, people were running in like during different stops oh my god both of them are hit and that's when i was like okay that sounds that sounds scary but but again like skepticism cynicism you know you don't believe them another one ran in on j street in downtown brooklyn oh my god washington dc got hit the pentagon's hit and he was just running off with it he was like the white house is hit the monuments are hit and you, you know like it was that kind of thing. So it wasn't until we were really outside that we were caught up with 
with what happened. What was going on? Yeah. So um, you are 17, you are in the middle of Times Square with a lot of people around you, but you don't know nobody. Mm, You're I alone. don't know anyone. Um, what did you do after you, you, you realized you were under attack? I, I had noticed while I was standing there, my cell phone was working. Everyone noticed uh, n nobody's cell phone was working. Um, the tower, the, I believe the cell towers were on the Twin Towers, I believe. But um, nobody's cell phone was working, so I wanted to call my mom. Um, I was so grateful. She did not go to work that day. She was sick or something. And she works in, she works in downtown Manhattan, so I'm um, in, in the village. So she would have been much closer than I was. Um, the smoke, it's made everyone. I, I was glad she was home, whatever. But at the same time, I had to let her know that I'm okay. I I just, I had to, I knew that she would be wanting to crawl out of her skin in a sense of helplessness until she knew that I was alive. Mary looked down the street and saw all the debris coming her way after the first tower fell, then looked back to the screen on Times Square and then back to real life. She was in disbelief. This couldn't be happening. She didn't know where to go and all the subway lines were shut down. She just wanted to go back home and be with her mom. She just wanted to leave this tragedy that seemed so unreal. But that was far from happening. And you know, we're, we're all so dependent on like our means of communication now. Like we have every means to just be available to everyone 24-7. And when those, you know, the, when those um, cell towers were out, It, it it was just this desperation. I, I think I waited like 45 minutes just for a turn to use a payphone. There was just a line of people waiting. And, and you were still in Times Square? or I walked a little bit west. So I walked closer towards 8th Avenue, a bit away from the crowd. Because I, I was definitely starting to feel claustrophobic. After I saw the buildings fall down, I started realizing I'm surrounded by tons of really tall buildings. And this now I, all I can picture is that this is happening all over in all the cities. So, so where this, did you go? I had this weird impulse. I said, okay, I don't want a building to fall on me. I'll be safer where there's no buildings. I'm going to walk to Central Park. This, this is after I got through to my mom. And she was like, you have a cousin. Your cousin, Michelle, lives in the Upper West Side, like on 89th Street or something. I don't remember, 80-something Street. Make your way to your cousin, Michelle. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a long way from Times Square. I'm going to walk up like 40-something blocks. I don't want a building to fall on me. I'm going to walk along Central Park. So I am familiar enough with the city. I went to school there. I, my, school's, my school was on 66th Street, so I, I was definitely familiar. It wasn't a problem to like navigate my way around. But, but I spent that whole day just... <laughs> Staying in the city, like ducking over, looking over my head, looking up in the sky, looking around at everybody, just for how long? Um, I made it to my cousin's by about six thirty, so I spent all day. I took my time because I didn't even want to be by. I didn't feel safer being around more people. Um, seeing what happened, how they're all just corralled, I didn't. I, I felt that I would be safer being away from crowds, being away from targets, just 
hiding almost, um, trying my best to hide. Let me be away from concrete and just be away from people. And that's, that's being, even going to my cousin, I didn't feel like I was going to be any safer with my cousin. I just knew that if I make it to my cousin, she'll call my mom and my mom will know that I'm still alive. You know, let me just suck it up and listen to my mom. <laughs> that's the only reason I even wanted to like go there. I would have sat in the dead center of Central Park and for as long as I needed to if, if I was left up to my own. So but I wondered. the incident happened at what time? It was nine something, nine something in the morning. And what time you got home? Not until nine something at night because I made it to my cousin's in the Upper West Side around 6.30 and then she wanted to donate blood because uh, all the news people were saying everyone needs to donate blood. There's a lot of people who need it. So I was standing with her on a line that went like around two blocks. Everyone was just lined up to give blood. Like So people tried to help others? Everyone. It, any, everyone was so mindful towards each other. Um, this is something that happened here in New York. And as you, a lot of people remember this as one of the worst day in their lives and um everyone in new york and it's so funny because i i i know how you know when i told you the story how it moved you and when i tell other people who are not from new york um they're they're moved as well everyone knows like how older people know oh everyone knows where they were when like jfk was shot like people use like that reference and everything Everyone we know knows where they were on September 11th. Like, even if it was just, oh, I was washing dishes when it happened. Oh, I was in school when it happened. I was at work and heard through this person. Like, everyone knows where they were when they heard because something sinks in you. Yeah, we should remember the empathy of that day and try to also expand that to mm -hmm. other countries and try to help them and not, you know, build walls. Mm-hmm. And you said they started to hide on the screen the towers when they both were hit. But there was any image of the people that were, like, jumping from their buildings? I, well, I, I remember seeing them waving, waving the curtains from. And whenever you would start to see someone, the, the camera would divert. Okay. But um, I did see the more clearer ones after the fact when they would show the documentaries. But you would see, like, you would hear people go, was that someone jumping? Like, we, we were guessing it because we didn't have the live commentary. We didn't have people talking. So we're looking and we're seeing these things, you know, papers, objects, furniture, everything, ash, things. But then you see something bigger. Was that someone? Was that? Like, you, you, you could hear people, like, because we're all glued on it. So at night you get home. And then the morning after, um, um, the morning after I couldn't go. To, I couldn't go to school. I think I didn't go to school for like three days after. Didn't shower. Was just glued in front of the TV. And they would just be really repeating more of the same. Um, just really more of the same. They were just finding less and less survivors with each hour. But you you had to stay glued because you can't miss anything. And um. Did you know anybody that was personally impacted in I can tell you an example um well there were there were a lot of people local in Queens you know I knew people who had 
firefighters as relatives. I knew people who lost people that day. I know people who lost family members a few years later on. Um, my husband went to war as a result of the, you know, when we went into Iraq, when we went into Afghanistan, he almost lost his life fighting the war that ensued from that day. Yeah. And yeah, after your story, the only thing I could say is that I wish this to nobody and that hopefully would open heart of people and to understand that this is not okay, neither happening in some other place in the world and that we should do something to stop it and to understand that we know growing anything out of wars or hate but we're doing it just out of love so the last thing it's hopefully let's try to keep everybody united and human and empathetic and mary thank you very much for accepting this invitation and to open up to this very very bad memory of you that you have and hopefully this story could inspire others to try to stay strong but also to overcome it and and try to get something out of it Amber, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I do feel truly humbled to be able to share my story. And again, if, if anyone can get anything from it, find your outlet. Don't, don't let it eat you up. Don't let it ruin your best self. Find your way and, and feel your way out of it. And for anyone who does feel that, that they're not alone. And do you have any place that they can reach out if they would wanted to speak to you, if ever, like a social media, Twitter account or yeah, of course, an email? I'm, I'm on Instagram, Marebear, M-4-R-E-V-E-A-R. Always on Instagram. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and for the audience that would like to speak to me, um, there is the email of Univision and is in our words at univision.net and you could write me your stories uh, your opinion about this episode or whatever question you have and I'll be reading and answering to you all and hopefully have you in the next episode of In Our Words thank you so much Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado al cambiarte a Boost recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados o con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99 Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil Solo visita BoostMobile.com Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay 50% de descuento en el primer mes, requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes Aplican otras restricciones, visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Este abril te invitamos a nuestra feria virtual Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad. Conéctate virtualmente con representantes de colegios y universidades en la costa este, desde Nueva York a Florida. Aprende sobre ayuda financiera, becas y otros recursos para continuar tu educación. Regístrate para asistir y para la oportunidad de ganar una tableta. Te esperamos en Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad del 3 al 9 de abril. Regístrate ya en univision.com diagonal universidad.